Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. It's not time to hit the panic button after that 5-4 loss to the Washington Capitals, but it is time to hit the panic button with Sean Monahan. More on that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today I'm joined by uh, my new co-host, Adi. Adi James, how are you? Hello, I'm fantastic. I'm happy to be here. This was uh, a long time in the making, but yeah. uh, finally here, and I'm I'm happy to be here. This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be great. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I think it's a a great addition, obviously, to the team, and having you here to banter with me about this <laughs> team that just seems to have. A lot of people confused and up in arms, but yep, yep. Social media will be your first indicator for that. <laughs> Lots yeah. of people online that, uh, yeah, it's it, I don't know, it's it's an interesting place in Flames Twitter land, isn't it? Oh, always. That's what I've learned now that I've settled in there over the last two years. Um, for a while, I was like, oh, it's like not really toxic. It's kind of nice over here, mm-hmm. and then just one thing happens and hell breaks loose. Oh yeah. Well, look, kind of- like. Like I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, kind of like last night's game. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Look, like I was gonna say, uh, um, like for me, like m- after moving here, after being from Ontario, just outside of Toronto for so long, and mm-hmm. coming here, I, I didn't immediately start covering or following the team as closely. Uh, and then when I did, I started to like you get more onto the Flames Twitter side of things, and holy cow, is it ever, uh, it's a place. We'll just say it's a place. Uh, if you're not part of it, then <laughs> I don't know if you want to or not. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's much like any other fan base, I'd say. It is. And I just, I appreciate, you know, the good eggs on there, but mm. oh, if you just rile up the wrong person, it's the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And especially like you mentioned after a game like last night, uh, a game that wasn't terrible but also yeah. wasn't great there were some things that definitely weren't good but uh the te- look at the right now the team in their last 17 games the team's 14 2 and 1 there's n- the, now is not the time to be panicking after a f- close game might i add mm-hmm. on the second half of a back to back against the Washington Capitals Alex Ovechkin who's going to ruin your night night after night right and that's <laughs> the thing is like i understand that this team has kind of been bad for so long that it's so easy to just like hit the brakes and just, you know, everything goes into shutdown mode. Like it's the end of the world, but it's Mm -hmm. not, you know, like you said, it was second half of a back to back and against a pretty competitive team that is just, you know, they're, they're always going to get under your skin no matter what they do. And they did. They did last night. Yeah. Well, they're going to make you earn your wins too, which mm-hmm. I think Calgary, I don't think a lot of people will say or use the term like took for granted. I don't know if that's the the mindset to have. Uh, if they took for granted the fact that, you know, 
Maybe they thought it was going to be a little bit easier given the schedule too, right? They're right. going to, they're going to face Tampa Bay tomorrow night. Uh, they're going to be facing, and again, five games and seven nights will do that too. You get tunnel vision. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, you know what? We got these guys. They're going to play Detroit too. And, uh, and that should be, should be a, <laughs> a better game. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's easy to put up those blinders and just say, you know what? Like, maybe it's t- it's time to like take yourself out of the box of or the tunnel vision box and just kind of see things for what it is and that was just a competitive team that uh you know started on time and and they made you work for everything especially uh, uh Dan Vladar had a not a heavy workload but there were a lot of ha- uh, high danger chances mm-hmm. uh against him and and I think that's just a testament to the whole team kind of not taking their foot off the gas I don't want to say that but like maybe it was just taken for granted. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Like it's Yeah. I think that they got comfortable. Yeah, and that's, that's a good word. Because, you know, like you said, it again, it's the second half of a back to back. These condensed schedules are killing this team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they're getting comfortable playing at home. Usually I think or really last year was the only full season that I covered them and they stunk at home. But now the roles are reversed. So you're not doing too hot on the road unless you're Andrew Mangiapane, who <laughs> should have or could have had his 30th goal of the season last night. Um, but it's just an unfortunate thing. It's, you're not going to win every game, no matter no. how hard you try to win them all. You, you can't go 82-0. No, and it's definitely not time to hit the panic button no. After that, like you talked about, or we talked about, we're going to beat this thing to death the second half of a back to back on a week where they're going to play five and seven. Like this, this team is going to be exhausted. And then I think they play four next week too, which, I like you said, so. just kind of, which just kind of speaks more volume to the condensed schedule. But what everybody needs to realize, Flames fans need to realize the most is this is the, this is what it's going to be like for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not going to, they're not going to win. Four or yeah, fourteen of their last sixteen, you know, every sixteen games, <laughs> right? Like, and they're you know like the points percentage because they took one to overtime, but uh, you know, look at I'll say this, and this is kind of where I wanted to lead into with this. Don't pa- don't panic right now. It's not time to be sounding all the alarms and 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 putting out tweets about you know oh you know how. They lost to the Capitals and whatever. It's not a big deal. This team basically has to play 500 hockey for the remainder of the season to finish with over 100 points, which is a very, very doable thing for Daryl Sutter and the Calgary Flames. 500 hockey for the rest of the way, barring anything ridiculously crazy, is not hard to achieve. Um, and they need to do that to finish with over 100. That's their over 100 points marker, right? They're, they're, they're going to be a playoff team. I don't see any world where this team isn't at least a wild card spot. Yeah, I like I really think things would have to take a severe drastic sharp turn mm-hmm. in order for them to you know just kind of fall out of the picture. Yeah, and I mean, you look at some of the other teams in the division 2 kind of falling off. The Kings have been steady, you know, the 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 Coyotes and the uh the Kraken are a non-issue. We don't we yeah. don't worry about them. Edmonton can't figure it out. Uh, who holds the wild card spots? I think they're from the central. I believe it's Minnesota, Nashville. If I yeah, they're both remember in that wild card spot. Um, yeah, I, I don't have the, the wild, standings in front of me. Yeah, well, 
I talked about the wild today on the national show and mm-hmm. they bless Cam Talbot's heart. seems like a great guy. Former flames goalie, obviously, but Forever like, flame. I, I just, I, I don't know. He now is not the time to get cold. That's no. the problem. And, and they've been cold for a while. And that they don't have, they're the new flames in terms of not really having an identity because mm-hmm. they don't know if they're good and they certainly don't know if they're bad. They're just kind of pushing through and yeah. that's not going to win you anything. So no, no, it's been an identity thing for them for a while. And mm-hmm. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love the fact that they're starting to get good. I think it's nice to see teams like that take that step and, you know, Kirill Kaprizov definitely, uh, aids in that oh, yeah. <laughs> in that category but uh yeah i don't know it's uh but to, to bring it back to Flamesland, uh i just don't see them like I, I i don't know maybe i'm just too optimistic but i just don't see the bad side of that like kind of coming to fruition if that makes sense i don't even want to think about what it would take to get there but you know it, it would just have to be something severe that i don't see happening unless it's like a freak accident yeah it's uh if if that happens then there's much larger scale issues to worry about than losing the second half of a back-to-back pump the brakes everybody yeah pump the brakes it's not the end of the world they lost one out of their last what 17 games like i said they went 14 two and one in their last 17 god forbid this team you know and it's not even about them taking a night off. I still think they were competitive. I was in the dome last night watching this one live. There were some blunders that, you know, I think inevitably lost them this game. And you and I are going to get to that. But uh, <laughs> I just, I don't think it's time to panic. This, this, it, we're in the middle of well, early March, I guess. Uh, and this team is sitting pretty top of the Pacific division. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing too, is like, yes, you get really comfortable with winning. Mm-hmm. But you you can't. Someone is going to serve you some humble pie the same way that who oh Vancouver when they snapped the Flames winning streak. Like that's right. just going to happen regardless. And you know, there are plenty of negative things that we can harp on, and we will absolutely do that. But before um I want to talk to you about built bars. If you are a snacker. And have to have snacks during hockey games. I'm someone who likes to snack. Uh, Audie, that this is why we're friends because we just <laughs> we're snackers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all this friendship is based <laughs> off of. But uh, Built Bars are a delicious tasting protein bar that don't taste like a protein bar. They are covered in 100% chocolate, and they have marshmallow puffs as well. And they're the first ever protein infused marshmallows which i think is pretty cool and you can check out their variety of flavors on built.com and get yourself a variety pack or stick to your favorite and uh get that 15 percent discount when you use promo code locked 15 at built.com so thank you all so much for tuning in as always Thank you for following me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. But now you have another one you need to follow. Audie, what's your Twitter? It's uh, at Audie James, A-U-D-D-I-E, and then just James, J-A-M-E-S. You can follow me there. People like to yell at me, but uh, we we like to try to keep it as uh, respectful as possible, especially when we're dealing with the uh, Calgary Flames fan base. 
Yeah. So do you want to talk about why you were getting chewed out today? It's interesting. And it kind of, it's kind of a nice segue from where we were, what we were talking about in terms of last night's game and what went wrong. Look, it's no secret that, you know, Sean Monahan isn't the player he used to be. And maybe I get a little vocal about it on Twitter. I think it's justified though, just because of the way, you know, the seemingly glaring hole on this team is a, is a three or four C we can talk about that a bit later. And, but Sean Monahan is not doing himself any favors, nor is he doing this team any favors. So, you know, there's a lot of people online who are super defensive of Sean Monahan, and that's fine. You're allowed to and, and supportive. And this is what I wanted to kind of talk about too, is you can be supportive of a player, mm-hmm. but also understand and recognize that he's not the player he used to be. You know, Sean Monahan is the kind of player who could score you 20 or 30 goals in a year. He hasn't scored 25 in the last three, and he's kind of been notorious for at least tucking 25 in a season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my tweet was kind of about like, you know, oh, I wonder what the Flames, uh, you know, Sean Monahan is elite peanut gallery is talking about. And I got chewed out by people who, <laughs> who support the player and love the player. And, you know, it's justified. It's fair. I get it. There's a lot of people that don't want to let go of the fact that Sean Monahan isn't and won't, you know, it's not even a hot take to say he won't be the player that he was you know, two no. or three years ago that year with the Purple Gatorade line with him, Johnny, and uh, and Elias Lindholm. He's not centering that line anymore, and probably for good reason because it's helped Goudreau. Another topic we can discuss yeah. at another time. But um, it's just been a domino effect. Yeah, like, exactly. It's that easy to put together. Yeah, the, you know, you look at the, a lot of people like to put weight on uh, analytics and advanced statistics, and that's fair because it's, you know, it can tell you a lot. It can complement what the eye test says. Um, And it's not great. You know, like he's not, he's the, the analytics definitely don't make him seem as bad as the eye test. This is one of the rare situations, Jess, I don't know if you uh, would agree with me, that the eye test, I think, kind of makes it seem like the analytics are wrong in a, in a way that the analytics make him look better than he actually is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like the end, like looking at his, uh, where is it here? Um, expected goals and stuff like that. Where the heck is it? Uh, so his goals for percentage uh, dropped down from last season at a 51.28 in 50 games to 38.3 basically for those who don't really understand that that's perfectly fine because it took me forever to start understanding <laughs> analytics yep um, below 50 is not good so the fact that he was a 51.28 is is uh, last season was like he was you know not he's, fantastic yeah. but not terrible he's teetering on he's okay-ness. pretty much he's on the cusp you know yeah um but now he's down to a 30 38.3 uh, this season, and it's kind of an interesting uh, look too because we talked about it a little bit. His time on ice at this point in time, he's only played eight less minutes than he did the entire season last year. Again, shortened year, so it's a bit different. Um, but to see that drastic drop, that's 13 points on the goals for percentage is not good. And the goals against, expected goals against, which is the big one because his line is not very good. Um, slight increase, which is the surprising part from last season, is the fact that he's actually looked a little bit more, analytically he's he's better, but somehow looks worse. It's kind of the old, what do you trust more, the eye test or the analytics that are giving right. you your data, right? And every and we talk about it too, every model's different. 
So what I'm reading now on natural stat trick could be different from what uh, Dom at the athletic says. It could be different from what Jay fresh says. It's, you know, all these outlets that produce these advanced stats uh, it's, it's, it could be different. So it's just, it's, it's dependent on the, on the uh, formula used too. Absolutely. And I think the biggest issue is like, no one's immune from criticism. Okay. Like I've talked about Johnny on this show. I've literally like, ripped Kachuk a new one a few times because just like things happen and it is unfortunate to see Sean Monaghan go from this great center who's getting you you know 20 30 goals a season down to what this is and does this have something to do with who his line mates are or is he kind of the common denominator because he once Johnny was elevated to the first line, things were things have gone so great for him. And that was a fantastic, like, oh my God, this is like what this team's needed the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you gotta consider that he that uh, you know, Sean Monaghan's coming back from a very intense surgery, a very intense injury that was completely neglected mm-hmm. uh and just acted as if it didn't exist by the medical team. Yeah. And he has to heal from that as well. Just because you're cleared to play hockey does not mean you are healed and back at 100% pre-injury. Yeah. And I call him a poor man's David Krejci in like the most respectful way possible because of his injuries. And I right. want to see him have, you know, in a year or two from now, especially in a contract year, walk and get money elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like to have him be fully healed and get that close to 30 goals again. But I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. You know what? I think, I think the ship has sailed. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's a little bit beyond, uh, beyond, at least in Calgary, you know, I'm not saying it's, it, that ship has sailed career-wise like what is he 27 like he's He's still 26 yeah 26 years old like he's not uh you know father time is not catching up to him anytime soon in terms of uh you know career-wise like he's not on the tail end of his career by any stretch of the imagination and maybe it takes you know a year to uh, i don't want to say like load management but like Maybe he needs to rest a little bit more. Maybe you got to throw him on the LTIR and and just get healthy. But the fact of the matter is the way he's performed the past two or three seasons with Calgary is, you know, it's concerning because you got to think about the money too. And you got to think about next season. And that's kind of what I was trying to drive home with flames fans online. And uh, it's not an easy conversation to have because there's so many people who still think that he can, kind of be that guy right and who knows you know i i hope that i meet in crow right in you know in a short amount of time and hopefully he goes on a tear when this team makes the playoffs or maybe he's a trade piece that you bring another piece in but he's clearly the replacement uh that needs to be made especially with the uh the emergence of adam ruzicka who's basically stolen that third line role look at the ruzicka line last night was pretty much used as the second line mm-hmm. uh which is which is kind of nice to see uh, them get some offensive zone starts uh and they they played more uh they played actually two times they had two times the amount of double is what i'm trying to say the <laughs> amount of ice time as the uh as the Lucic, dube and monahan line and and another thing to consider too is daryl actually benched that line for the last eight minutes of the second period 
and I don't think wow. they played. I don't think they played. Uh, they were very limited uh, in the third period as well. I definitely don't think they had any defensive zone starts, which would make the most sense. You're probably yeah. going to put the backland line out there for that. Yep. <laughs> um, oh. But uh, look, do I hope he he proves me wrong? Absolutely, I do. Do I still appreciate the player and the person? Absolutely, I do. Right. Is he a fit for this team anymore? Absolutely not. I think his this time is up, and I, I think it's truly time to consider what you're going to do with him beyond this year. Right. And you, we don't want any – like, we're not waiting for anyone's downfall here. No. Like, that is, and that's the thing is when you criticize a player for not doing well, especially if – I say 26 as if it's old. That And I'm 26. Like, I was say, like I'm an like older player. <laughs> like, he's entering his, like, supposed, like, prime. Yeah. And, like, no. No one wants to see this guy hang up his uh, his cleats, his skates at 26 years old or 27 next year and not get another contract. No. No one is rooting for that. I, I haven't seen anyone rooting for that. <laughs> I'm sure but, there's people out there. It's just not us. <laughs> right. Like, it's probably on, like, a corner of Reddit that, like, I just yeah. don't go to. <laughs> but I, there's just so much work that needs to be done, especially as this team continues to make itself more attractive and become a legitimate contender. So, yeah, Sean Monty. No, I wholeheartedly is, agree. Yeah. He's the odd one out. It's he's, he's expendable, and that's the unfortunate part about it. And it's... It probably won't come via trade because he's got 10 teams he can't go to and you're going to have to pay a team to take on yeah. the 6.375 for the remainder of this year and then the full 6.375 next year in hoping he turns it around. So like the most likely scenario, we ta- I talked about it on Twitter today, is the buyout route. Yeah, I broke down what the savings would be, uh, like what it would be like if they buy him out in the summer, what would the savings be next year immediately? which would help with resigning people like Gaudreau and Kachuk and Manjapani and Shillington, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, kind of pivotal people that you don't want to lose. Like if I'm going to say, right. you know, we keep Sean Monaghan, but we lose Manjapani and uh, Gaudreau and Kachuk signs his $9 million qualifying offer and I leaves. Throw up. I'm going with launching Sean Monaghan to the moon. And I mean, I will sling him to the moon. <laughs> I will drive him to the Calgary <laughs> airports. And buy him a coffee before he boards his flights. If yeah, it means like, we keep Sean, or Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and Manjapani. Oh my God. Yeah. It can be done. Look at, I don't want to say it can't be done with him. It can be done. It can be done. There's uh, plenty of articles and great people out there that have shown you the mathematics behind it and how they can make it work. It can be done. It's just really tight when you got that boat anchor of a contract. Oh, right. Like there's not a lot of wiggle room there. And. No. That's why someone someone a few weeks ago tweeted that there should be a buyout window during the season because there are unfortunate incidences where things happen. Yeah. You got bad contracts. You got <laughs> players that just Right suck. before the trade deadline, open a buyout window so that teams can go on a run. Or let me introduce you to this thing that the MLB does. It's called the luxury tax. Right. Like. Like the luxury tax would be so freaking nice in the NHL. You have no idea. Oh yeah, love a luxury tax. But uh, I digress. It's it's not a thing that's (laughs) 
that's that's coming anytime soon in, in the CBA whatsoever. But yeah, that's my uh, little rant and two cents on Sean Monahan. I just the guy's great. He's done a lot for this city. He was the centerpiece for a long time here. Mm-hmm. Drafted out of the OHL from Ottawa. I, I watched him play for the 67s when I lived there for a long time. And it's just, it's unfortunate to see the downfall, but sometimes you got to call a spade a spade and, and, and just move on. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but it, it happens. And it's at the mm-hmm. end of the day, this game is a business. You know, yeah. we become emotionally attached to players. And well, I had my first heartbreak at eight years old when Nomar Garcia Parra was traded from Austin. Oh. So, you know, like I, not, none of this can hurt me as much as that hurt me. But <laughs> mine was the Roy Halladay trade to Philly. Oh, when, uh, when the Blue Jays, uh, when the Blue Jays sent him out, or no, was he, was he traded? I think he was traded. Yeah. I don't think it was. Yeah. I, I think know. he was. I was pretty young, but either way, I was like growing up just a diehard Roy Halladay fan and uh, God rest his soul. Um, yeah. It was heartbreaking for me. <laughs> that was yeah. my first true sports heartbreak was him. And right. uh, oh, it is what it is. Hey, it happens. So you get it, it, it. That's passion, right? We love exactly. to see passion in our fan base. This fan base is so passionate. They are. And that's one of my favorite things that like I've come to know and love about this fan base over the last two years. And um, one thing they are passionate about is also bringing in um, some guy from San Jose, which we might talk about next. Uh, we maybe. should. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. All right. So stick around for that. Okay. So this trade deadline is in what? 19 days? Something like that? E- less. 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 We're looking at uh, 12 days. 12. Oh, good. See, this is why I don't do math. 12 don't days. Do math. No, we're don't don't. It was uh, it was two weeks from Monday. Oh, wow. So on the 14th, which will be this coming Monday, it'll be a week away. Trade deadline is probably my favorite time of year. I love it. It's so I love the movement. It's uh, it's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of uh, like refreshing the timeline and just seeing, waiting for the Elliot Friedman tweets yep. uh, to see who's going where, who's going to report it first. That's everybody's biggest thing. Hey, all the insiders yep. who's reporting it first. Who's if got you can it. report it first, that's a, little, that's a lot of clout on trade deadline day. That's like my favorite thing about uh, free agency day too, is, yeah. you know, just watching NHL network or TSN, like forget that illegal stream uh, yeah. here in America. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, watching them all sit around the table and then, you know, one of them gets a phone call and they're like, oh, I got I got to take this. Because yeah. The trade going as a GM calling or an agent. Oh, yeah. Calling. Yeah. And then it's, seconds it's, later, it's broke. And then they they cross their name off the board and then yep. you focus on the next guy. But, yeah, oh, it's uh, it's kind of ties into at least in, in the Flames discussion, what we just previously talked about in the last segment there about Sean Monahan. Because the glaring need, I think, and a lot of fans will agree, is the, is the need for another center. We need more depth down the middle. And John yeah. Monahan's not the guy that's going to provide that. So at this point in time, when your window is as open as it's ever been, you got to be active on trade deadline day. Exactly. Like this window is open like it is on like the first day of spring. Like it's it's mm-hmm. time. Like, you know, do that spring cleaning now. Yep. And your problems will be minimal down the road. And mm-hmm. I, oh my God, I, again, I always forget who says these things, but it was a player and they were asked in an article, like in an interview, 
you know, oh, like, would you consider coming to Calgary? Or like, do you consider Calgary like this competitive team? And this was a few years ago. He was like, when your first line center is Sean Monahan, you have nothing to talk about. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay. Thank you very much. Yikes. Well, I hope whoever that player is now <laughs> has their com- mind completely changed about the way this team looks and the way they've been playing lately. Um, right? <laughs> I'll have to find it. Because so I was just like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe you. Like, I know that you guys are, you know, asked to be more personal and like personable and whatnot, but. All right, I love yeah. that though. I do love that. Yeah. I do love that kind of pettiness. Oh, um, but yeah, the glaring need for a center. And I'm gonna, if it's okay with you, yes, I have a couple names that I would like to run by you because in my free time, what I like to do is just nonstop think about how this team can improve. And okay. I find myself using the armchair GM tool on Cap Friendly more often than not, just trying to t- trying to make. Yeah. Things work out and make this team a little bit better. And so some names that I, and look, I know a lot of Flames fans want the Giroux, the Hurdles, you know, those kind of big name centers. I don't think that's happening unless you can somehow miraculously get rid of Lucic and get rid of Sean Monaghan because the money just don't work. Yeah. By the time That's trade like, deadline what, rolls up, dollars right there. Exactly. And by the time trade deadline rolls up, the Flames are going to have a whole whopping eight hundred and something thousand dollars accrued to oh, use on trade deadline day. So, in order to get yourself better, you're going to have to move money out. Yep. Now, that is why I think they're probably going to make quick business early. I think they're going to want to do. You know, Brad's going to have the phone going. Early, and I don't think they're going to be waiting around because I think that they're. I have this sneaky suspicion that Tre Living knows exactly who he wants and went and what he's going to pay for them because it's a buyer's market. Yep. Right. Lots of teams are selling, but not everybody's buy, like not everybody's going to buy. No. Like the whole Sherratt thing, right? They're, the Flames are linked to Ben Sherratt. Analytic, not great. No. <laughs> not great. But. No. But from what I understand and from what I hear on Twitter from the blue check marks is that Brad's like, you know what? I'll just wait. Someone else, I'm not, I do not want to pay what you're asking. And I think a lot of teams are going to have that leverage. So I think the Calgary Flames need to target one guy from Seattle. He plays center. He's better than Sean Monaghan and he makes significantly less money than Sean Monaghan. And I'd love to see Callie Yarncroc as a member of the Calgary Flames come trade deadline day. An immediate upgrade in every zone from Sean yeah. Monaghan. He's got speed. He moves the puck well. I think he's got something like, I don't have the stats in front of me, 12 or 13 goals this year, kind of floating and in and around there. he sold it, he has speed. Right. He can <laughs> skate. He can skate and he doesn't have a bunged up hip. I know that's not Sean's fault, but he can skate. He, uh, I, I think... Seattle's going to be selling. Yeah. Um, They've made I, that I would, pretty clear. I'd be very interested to see or find out if Seattle is on Monaghan's 10-team no-movement clause. Because if not, then you might have something there. You might be able yeah. to you might be able to send them on. And again, you're going to have to pay. But this is like best-case scenario so that you don't have to face any buyout penalties in the in the summer with him. You could yeah. probably package him up. You're going to have to give up a, a 
probably B level prospect in like a second. And the best thing about that is that the Calgary Flames have two of those this year. Thank you, Sam Bennett. Uh, and thank you, Florida Panthers. Yeah. So seriously. I think if they're going to go after a center, I think it's going to be Cal Yarncroft. I wouldn't hate that. I think that, like you said, it's an obvious upgrade. And it's, not much would be a downgrade. <laughs> Let me tell right. you. Like it, it's pretty hard to downgrade from that. But, you know, if. I don't know. I think, you know, obviously the line mates mm-hmm. are an issue too, but like I, right. there's only so much you can do with that. Um, but, you know, maybe a stronger center mm-hmm. would kind of push these guys to play a little better. But yeah, yeah. I wouldn't and say I, and, no. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, I'd throw him right away on the fourth line. Yeah. Uh, because Ruzichka has earned the third line minutes. And I think Daryl's seen that. And until yeah. otherwise, like I think that I think that the Flames have a good thing coming up here with Ruzichka, and I don't think anybody is really ready or knows it yet. I just think that this kid is going to be an absolute stud. Um, but to the point on Yarncroc, yeah, it's not much is a, is a downgrade when you're looking at who he'd be replacing. Yeah. But you you got a good point about the line mates, and that's why I want to bounce another idea off of you. Ooh, okay, because the Flames have also been reportedly interested in bringing in a seventh D and you know, there's been some names floating around. Obviously Ben Sherrod is one. And as much as the analytics side of Twitter and hockey does not like him, he's not a seventh D he's a, he's a little better than a seventh D. Um, So I don't think that that's the seventh D kind of, and I'm not breaking up good Branson's Zadorov right now either. I'm, I apologize to them because I was so hard on them, but I'm not taking them out because they've been playing hot, but I wonder what the acquisition cost would be if you went to the Chicago Blackhawks and said, we want to make a deal that acquires both Calvin DeHaan as your seventh D okay, and Brandon Hagel, who will be this year's Blake Coleman at the trade deadline, who might I add is not a pure rental because he still has another year at one and a half. Yes. Yes. 1.5 million dollars next season and okay. this season. But the thing is the acquisition cost to bring in Hagel and Dehan on a rental plus Dehan makes a lot of money. So this one in this trade scenario you have to involve a third team. So you're already paying more in the sense that you're going to have to give Arizona a pick for taking on 50% yeah. before Chicago 50%, right? Cuz you can only retain a salary twice. Um but yeah, it's I don't know. What do you think? Like I don't Brandon Hagel, he plays the wing, so you you're not yeah. getting your center down the middle. But if you can somehow find a way to get Dylan Dubé going down the middle, or you know maybe you keep Monahan in this in this scenario, and you can move other money around and out. I gives you depth. Yeah, I don't hate it, and you know you need that depth heading into the playoffs. You mm-hmm. know, I think that secondary scoring is important year round, but if you want to win a championship, you got to score those goals. And, you know, I would say that the defense is fine right now. I think that everything's looking good there. Um, unless something happens, but again, yeah. we're not thinking about Barring that. anything crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, I think we need to get everybody kind of like on the same page again. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. get those wheels turning because it's obviously slowing them down right now. And if you can bring in a guy who 
is gonna score you goals <laughs> like why wouldn't you yeah yeah and you know that this whole kind of model in terms of a trade came to me during the Nick Ritchie or not Nick Ritchie, the other, the other bad Ritchie, Brett Ritchie. Right. <laughs> yeah. How could I forget? Launch him into oblivion too. But um, when he was getting all that ice time and Dubé was scratched and I was like, geez, like we need to do something here. Right. Something needs to give because Brett Ritchie should not be in the lineup night in and night out. So no. this is where the Hagel thing kind of came to me. I bounced it off some people. JJ kind of helped me out with it as well. And, and uh, the consensus was, yeah, we should try to see what happens. So if that could happen, if, if they can get some kind of deal done to bring in Hagel and DeHaan, I'm wiping my hands of it, and that's my trade deadline if I'm Bradshaw Living. I'm done. That's, yeah. that's the only piece of work I'm doing. Maybe something for depth. I don't know, like another eighth yeah. or ninth defenseman, but that's it. Right. Like, I think you made a good point. Like, he moved early. To get to Foley. He knew that he wanted this guy and that Montreal wasn't going to say no. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad because, you know, we we, did we love Tyler Toffoli. We do. We are big Toffoli fans. And then, you know, I think that there is like just that one final move. Mm-hmm. That has to be made. That, that, knocks a, that knocks a Richie or someone of those legs out of the lineup. That's what it's got to be. It has to. It's just, it's not. Brett Ritchie, again, provides nothing to this team. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Literally has not provided anything. He's got zero points. He has zero points. And it just makes me so angry. Like, I understand, like, offering him that PTO last year and signing him. Because, you know, the Flames were in that weird period, transition period. Mm. There's no room for him on this roster now. It is no. time. Why has he not been placed on waivers? I don't know. You free up a little bit of money by doing so, but I don't know because, like, what's the what's the next move after that? I don't know. What is that? Like, do you bring someone up? I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Ship okay. him to Arizona. I, the, the, it's Literally reunite the Richie brothers. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Because they, they they both played in Boston at the same time, no? No. They Brett, didn't? No. Oh, geez. Oh, because no. Nick was only there last year. Yes. And okay. no, no. He was I there. I can't remember. I'm getting it mixed up now. All so Brett Ritchie was signed in early, like, free agency type of stuff. And then it was placed on waivers in, like, October, November. And then... Nick Ritchie was a trade deadline. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Well, either way, reunite it. Do the yeah. do the old Dougie Freddie Hamilton treatment. Just, reunite the brothers. Just get them out of Calgary, please. Yep. Yep. And the last the last center I would maybe consider is Nick Paul out of Ottawa. Um hmm. there's been some talks that he'd be interested in re-signing there, but I heard that the contract negotiations haven't been good with the with Pierre Dorian and Pierre, Pierre Maguire. So I, that, that's, yeah, the, the sky is also blue. Um, <laughs> Seriously. So, so uh, I don't know how legit that would be, but Hey, you know what? That's a beautiful time of this year is we can speculate until right. something happens. That's fun. And I think that, you know, obviously we're looking at this realistically, Trying but to at least, <laughs> yeah, we're like, you can only do so much and you know, you're not, uh, 
you didn't go to general manager school. No. So, um, you know, I think that you're making better decisions than probably some of these guys would make. So. <laughs> I just think that, you know, I don't know. I like to think that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> At least you I do a good job of good, pretending so. it. I do a good job of pretending it. Um, <laughs> again, I don't know what these deals look like in terms of what these other teams get back, but mm -hmm. it's doable. I think, they, I think they can all be doable, and that's going to be the name of the game, this trade deadline. Absolutely. I think that it's... Uh, like you said, the Flames are just going to do that quick quick shuffle and then be done. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what, you know, the rest, of, like the blockbuster trade will be if there even will be one. Mm -mm. But, I mean. I'm not confident. That, well, Giroux will probably yeah. be a decent one. If, 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 if Hurdle ends up saying he's not going to resign, that'll be a, probably I... King's Ransom. Philip Forsberg, too. Philip Forsberg. Yeah, we don't know what's going on there. Yeah, so. It's going to be know. interesting. It's going to be funny yeah. either way. Does MAF go? Like, Edmonton needs a goalie. Yeah, exactly. Right? There's lots of different things that could happen this trade deadline, yeah. and that's what people don't realize yet is there's, like, I don't know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is, especially when your team isn't in, like, the, oh, I almost said, in the flames of trade deadline hell, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, we're, we're really buying. not this year. We're buying. We're going to yeah. be a buyer. How when was the last time we could have been a buyer? It's been a while. Yeah. So if any GMs are listening, because, uh, you know, I'm, this is obviously <laughs> your number one podcast, uh, definitely, like, hit us up for front office advice. Consultants. Yeah, we can yeah. help you out. We're, we're great. Um, just have to send us, like, on vacation. That's and, it. Like, buy us a house or <laughs> Give something. us something good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so that is it for today's episode. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? I think we hit it all. Honestly, yeah. I think that that's, uh, that's all I wanted to bring up. I just yeah. wanted to make sure I got my trade pieces in there because <laughs> I was, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about trying to do something this trade deadline. Yeah, no. And I <laughs> hope that, you know, we can come back in a little less than two weeks and say, voila, look, Yeah, here we go. Yep. And, uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Flames. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and Audie at, at Audie James. And you can subscribe to his podcast as well with his wonderful co-host, JJ. And that is the Barn Burner Pod. Um, subscribe to this show if you want. Subscribe on YouTube. Please leave a Do comment. It. Be nice. That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, please the internet can be vile sometimes honestly like someone left a review they were like it's pretty obvious she doesn't know hockey so thank you so much yeah thank you thank you <laughs> thank i appreciate you so it would you like to yes. switch jobs for a day yes. <laughs> like, yeah, you can do this and see how uh how you like it or how exactly. you stumble right um so yes and i will see you all tomorrow audie we will chat next week. Yeah, we'll find something out. We'll, uh, we're still trying to nail down the schedule, but yeah. we'll get there. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone, and I'll see you tomorrow.